Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. On this episode of FinTech Five, I'm speaking with Michelle Evans. Michelle is the global head of digital consumer research for Euromonitor International, which if that fits on your business card, Michelle, in one line. <laughs> so so we've, we've chatted before um, as, as part of that FinTech Leaders Program. And at the time, you were telling me how you kind of came up with the idea for the digital consumer research. So how's it going? It's going well. We're, uh, I guess we're about two years removed from when we had spoken about that. Um, so I, I started at Euromonitor, focused more on the payment space, and I was writing about mobile payments and then had the idea that um, we could cover this in a, in a different kind of way. I, I always felt like the payments is a period at the end of the sentence. So when you write about mobile payments, you don't really um, tie in the rest of it that's so important to the story. So that's what the system was all about, was doing that. Yeah, for those that don't know, you've covered payments or mobile payments since 2010. So, I mean, really since, you know, those early days of, of you know, mobile and fintech. So you've seen it all. Yeah, it's hard to believe in six, seven years, you could be a veteran of an area, <laughs> but when you hop on the bandwagon that early, I suppose it happens. And, and so here's the question, what made you hop on the bandwagon? How did you see it coming? You know, I I don't know. I my, In my prior career, I was a journalist, so when I came to Euromonitor, I was covering trends, and I, uh, I would say it was clients asking questions, and they would ask a lot of um, questions around technology and digital so I think I started writing to that, um, and then coming out of journalism, it isn't so bad to latch onto something that might be around in twenty years. Yeah, well, those those that um, haven't haven't seen your writing, you know, journalism storytelling that's your obvious passion, and it's evident in your writing. You just had a great piece in Forbes, I think, today, if I remember right, that I read. So that's why I like you write about. Let's be honest, this isn't the most exciting industry. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both have a passion about it. I think it's just about finding finding the players, finding the interesting stories and making people care about it. So so that's the question I have to ask you. How how do you? I mean, what, what, how do you find the story arc? What's the what's the secret sauce? I think it's knowing your audience and why they care about something. I think that goes back to my journalism days as well. It was about knowing the community and what topics they would care about, or, or for a company, what are their what are their pain points? Um, how do they need to adopt or adapt to change? Those kind of questions. Yeah, it's you know it's the same when you speak, right? Make sure you know the audience and understand what they're looking for. You're not writing for you, and in my case, mm -hmm. you're not speaking for you you're you're there for your audience is, is reality yeah and i think there is a because of my journalism background there is there are certainly a plenty of analysts that are a lot better at this ball game than i am but um i think what i brought to it was more being able to tease out the interesting insights to make someone care so why would someone click on this article yeah. why would they keep reading yeah. Those type of things. And I, so I think I've been fortunate because of that journalism background to have that skill set. Yeah, thank God you you never do that clickbait nonsense. So, you know, that's, that's <laughs> the best thing about your writing. So here, I'm, I'm setting you up then, knowing your audience. You ready? 
Fast, mm-hmm. Faster payments in the U.S. Is that an oxymoron? Is that something we're actually going to see? What do you think? I think the market will demand it eventually. Um, you know, it's interesting how long they've been kicking around that idea and, and how many other countries are ahead of us. <laughs> but we eventually got to EMV. So, well, you know, give it another 10, 20 years. <laughs> we got to EMV light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, we're, we're we're unique. So when you look, you know, this this actually leads to a good question. So when you look globally, what region or regions do you think are really leading the you know on the leading edge when it comes to mobile and payments? Uh, you know, I think you have to go to China and Asia yeah. Pacific. Uh, it's a totally different experience there, where mobile is the the center of their lives, and and as a result, got embedded into commerce pretty early. Um, so I think that's it's different than the U.S. or Western market, um, just based on our state of development. You know, in in China, the mobile phone or consumers weren't adopting the PC, so the mobile phone was affordable when it came on the scene, and the retail landscape wasn't as developed as ours. Um, so players like Alibaba could come in. Alipay became important uh, because they didn't trust card payments. So there's definitely a lot of different dynamics um, that were at play there versus here. All right, we're down to the last minute because this is a short-form interview format. So these are rapid-fire questions just off the top of your head. All right, no wrong answer. You ready? Where, I am. Right, I here am. we go. Where were you when the Cubs won the World Series? I was on my couch a half mile from Wrigley Field, but we did go down to the stadium afterwards and almost died. <laughs> In uh, 1984, I think it was, when the Tigers won the World Series because I grew up there. We went downtown because we were so excited. I was very young. We got downtown, and there was two cars flipped over on fire, and we immediately turned around and went home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just a melee. You know, we got kind of caught in the crowd, and suddenly the cops start to push you a different way. And it's hey, my husband and I got separated. We're like, we're definitely going to die tonight. <laughs> but, 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 but we got happy. home. We got yeah. back home. But, but die happy. All right. Best place to go out to eat in Chicago. And this is a selfish question for me. Well, we, as I said, we live up by Wrigley Field, um, so we have a favorite little tapas place that we love in our neighborhood. It, it is uh, run by a woman from Argentina, mm. or no, and actually not Argentina, Venezuela, and um, but it's so it's it's very authentic. We went to Spain a few years back, and the food that they're putting on the table rivals what you get in Spain. So that's our favorite place. It's called uh, Bolerias. Good answer. All right. Now, uh, this one's a hard one. Who do you like to read and follow when it comes to payments? One or two gems. I'm consuming a lot of content. I know. <laughs> um, I, I started following your podcast. I feel like you have a future oh, on NPR if good, you stay with it. Good answer. Yeah. We're just going to end. Yeah. We're done. Hey, Michelle, yeah, no, we're done. stopping right there. That was the best answer ever. <laughs> so NPR, if you're listening, you know, <laughs> yeah. I love Kai Rizal. There you go. I love if Kai payments Rizal. don't work out. Yeah, just in case. All right, where's the best place to follow you and to see what you're up to? Probably Twitter. Nice. That I'm, I'm usually on there all the time. Um, so it's at Mevins14. There you go, folks. Michelle, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.